Turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, if you would. Mark 14. And as you're turning there, a couple questions. Why do we say amen instead of a woman? Same reason that we sing hymns and not hers. What do they call pastors in Germany? German shepherds. Come on, that was an easy one. German shepherds. Amen. Amen. So this morning we are going to look at the power of the cross. The power of the cross. Next week at this time, we are going to be celebrating Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. Amen. And three days after Jesus took our sins upon himself, he was nailed to that old rugged cross. He arose from that grave, victorious over death, victorious over hell, victorious over the enemy. And for every born-again believer, because he lives, we can have that same victory in him as well. Amen? And this is why Easter is absolutely a celebration. Amen. Absolutely, Easter should be a celebration. But this morning, I, wanna, I want us to kind of backtrack a bit. I want to go all the way back to that old rugged cross. I want us to think back to the cross. I want us to slow down, and I want us to really consider the cross this morning. And I want to start with a question. What does the cross truly mean to you? And just think about that. What does the cross truly mean to you? For way too many today, the cross is really just a symbol. But for the believer, the one who has put their faith in Jesus Christ, the cross is substance. And not just substance, it is substance beyond measure. Amen? Now, every religion has a symbol. For the, for the Buddhists, it's a lotus flower. For the Muslims, it's the, it's the crescent moon. For the Jews, it's the star of David. But Christianity is not a religion, amen? Christianity is a relationship, and that relationship is with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that relationship with Christ was forged on that old rugged cross, amen? That old rugged cross. That's why the cross is substance and not just a symbol. Now, here's a little trivia for you. The substance of Christianity was not always a cross. It started out as a bird. Most people believe it was a peacock. And then it transitioned to a dove. Then it was changed to a palm branch. Then a fish. And then finally... It settled, and I believe rightly so, on the cross. The substance of Christianity. Just as it was that darkest of days some 2,000 years ago, as Jesus bled and he died upon it, the cross is truly a divider of all mankind. Think about the cross and how it divides. It completely divides all mankind. 
The cross has two sides. On one side was a sinner who ignored Jesus, who, re who rejected Jesus. He turned his back upon Jesus and, and continued to follow the crowd. He never dealt with his sins. He never turned to Christ for mercy or forgiveness. And what was the result? He died in his sins, and he was cast into hell. But then we have the other side of the cross, another sinner. But this sinner turned and looked upon Christ. He recognized Christ as his Lord and his Savior. And he also recognized the fact that he was a sinner. That he deserved to be upon that cross. But he turned those sins over to Christ and looked for mercy and forgiveness. And Jesus forgave his sins. He wiped his slate completely clean. And he welcomed him into the paradise of heaven. Jesus looked at that sinner, that, that, that man on the cross, who looked unto him as Lord and Savior, and he said, Today you shall be with me in paradise. Forgiveness upon that cross. So that begs the question for all mankind. The most important question. What side of the cross are you on? We're all sinners. Both sides of the cross had a sinner upon it. Which side of the cross are you on? Is the cross just a symbol? Or is it substance? Now, when we think about the cross, there's something interesting. All heaven is amazed by it. When the angels looked down upon Christ being nailed to that cross, they were ready to come in and just wipe out the entire human race. But Jesus held them back. He said, I have to do this. So we think about the cross. All heaven is amazed by it. All hell is terrified by it. But the world is the only place that ignores it. The cross. Regardless of what side of the cross you choose to be on, the cross is substance beyond measure. It has power beyond explanation, beyond comprehension. It has power to change the world's nastiest sinner into heaven's most precious saint. It has power to transform anyone willing to seek its Christ. The cross. And this morning, I want us to consider its transforming power. And I want to see it through the lens of how it transformed Jesus' disciples. Let's start reading in Mark chapter 14, skip down to verse 27. And Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to Jesus, Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. And Jesus said to Peter, Assuredly, I say to you that today, 
even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke more vehemently, and Peter said, if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said, likewise. Go to Luke chapter 22. And skip down to verse 31. Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But Peter said to Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Then Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times, that, deny three times that you know me. Skip down to verse 54. Having arrested Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down to get together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with Jesus. But Peter denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I have, I have, I have no idea what you are saying. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned, and he looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out, and he wept bitterly. So the first thing I want us to consider this morning is I want us to consider these trembling men. These trembling men. And my heart always goes out to Peter. You know, I think Peter is a, is a part of all of us. I know personally I see myself in him on so many occasions how I want to do so many things for the Lord. I want to do this and I want to do that and, and how full of energy and desire that I have to serve him. But then I see how many times I fail. How many times that I've fallen short. How many times I've missed the mark of the things that I wanted to do. And we see Peter here in our scripture Really, just where we see ourselves so many times, teetering between faith and failure. Amen? How many times do we catch ourselves in that same position, just teetering between faith and failure? And Jesus, won, uh, he warned us about this ten tendency that we have. Mark chapter, chapter 14, verse 38. Jesus told his disciples, he said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
way. Doesn't that sum us up? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, we can't be too hard on Peter because Peter wasn't the only disciple to deny Christ. As Jesus was being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, if you skip down to verse 50, look what it says. Then they all forsook him and fled. What does all mean? All means all, and that's all that all means. That means every single disciple forsook Jesus and fled the moment that he was arrested. What does it mean to forsake? It means to completely turn your back on someone. They all turned their back on Christ and they fled. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So as we see this account of these disciples, these trembling men, is this their true legacy? Is this the true legacy of Jesus' disciples? Is this the true picture that we should have in our minds of these men that followed Jesus the years of his ministry? Men whose faith failed in the face of persecution. Men who forsake their Lord in his darkest hour. Now, before you think about that, I want you to, to note something. All these accounts that we just read, these all happened before the cross and before the empty tomb. Amen? I want you to consider that this morning. Remember, the cross has power beyond measure, power beyond explanation, power behind comprehension, power to completely transform. And that's what I want us to see next. I want us to see how these trembling men were completely transformed men. Consider what we read about them. Now, ever since Jesus' resurrection, haters of God have tried to make up stories, make up lies about Jesus' death. All through the decades, they falsely said the disciples just made up the stories that we read about Jesus in the Bible. They claimed that the disciples just wanted to make Jesus look good. They, they just wanted to give him his authority. They falsely claimed that the disciples just made up the stories about Jesus' claims to be God in the flesh. And therefore, they just made up his resurrection. So I want you to keep these anti-Christian claims in the back of your mind as we look forward. Now I want us to consider the transformation of these disciples after the cross. After the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we come to the book of the Acts. The book of the Acts. And the Acts give us a detailed picture of the early church of the spread of Christianity. It's the book of the Acts of the Disciples is the complete name. The book of the Acts of the Disciples. After the cross. After the empty tomb. That's what we need to understand. That's what we need to focus on. 
It details their new boldness. It details their renewed faith. It details how they had a complete lack of fear as they proclaimed and they preached the gospel. It details how harshly they were persecuted, how they were threatened, how they were forced and prodded, not forced, but prodded to deny Christ as their Lord and Savior, even in the face of just unbelievable torture and death. Let's look in the book of Acts, chapter 6. Skip down to verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Go to chapter 7, down to verse 54. And when the multitude, when they heard, these are the the religious leaders of that day, when they heard the things that that Stephen preached about, they were uh, uh, cut in the heart, and they gnashed, uh, gnashed him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven, and he saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears and they ran at him uh, with one accord and they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul who would become the Apostle Paul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then Stephen knelt down and he cried with a loud voice. And he said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He gave up the ghost. He took his last breath. What a difference. Truth is, not one of Christ's disciples, not one, chose to save their own life by denying their faith in Christ. A complete 180 degree transformation from what we read earlier. What a difference the cross of Jesus Christ makes. Amen. If these disciples had conspired and and they'd made up these stories about Jesus, about his resurrection, they surely would have just come clean. They surely would have just confessed that they lied and just made up the stories about Jesus when they were faced with these unspeakable tortures and excruciatingly painful death that they faced. All they had to do was admit that they made up those stories and deny their faith. Logic would have said that would have been just an easy decision for these disciples, especially what we just read about them. Peter denied Jesus three times in one night. All of them forsook him and fled. When you take all that into consideration, it would have been an easy decision for them 
to just come clean if they had made up all those stories. So what was their choice? What was their ultimate result? Again, not one disciple chose to save their own life but by denying their faith in their Lord. These men had truly been transformed from the inside out. They now had an absolute, unshakable, personal, first-hand experience and knowledge of their Lord Jesus Christ. They saw and they witnessed and they experienced his life, his death, and most importantly, his resurrection. Amen? They saw it firsthand. They saw and affirmed with their own life that Jesus Christ is indeed the Lord and Savior of all mankind, the only hope for our salvation. I want to share what these disciples endured. We're all familiar with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where we get our Gospels from. Matthew, killed by a sword in Ethiopia for preaching the Gospel. Mark, he was tied behind horses and drugs to his death in Egypt because of his faith in Christ. Luke, was hanged in public in Greece for his powerful preaching to those who were unsaved. John, the disciple John, the one whom Jesus loved, John the Revelator, John was boiled in a basin of oil in Rome, but he survived. After that, he was sentenced and banished to the island of Patmos. It was a prison work camp island, hard, hard labor. And he wasn't a young man at that time. That's where he received the revelation of Jesus Christ, the book of Revelation that we have in our Bible. John was later freed and continued preaching. He was the only apostle to die peacefully. Think about that. James the Just. James was thrown down off the southeast pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem for refusing to deny his faith in Christ. The fall failed to kill him. So those that threw him off stoned him to death. This was also the same pinnacle that Satan took Jesus up to and offered him the kingdoms of the world during those 40 days and nights of temptation. James, the son of Zebedee, he was beheaded in Jerusalem. Listen to this testimony. The Roman officer who guarded him when he was arrested and he was put on trial. That officer was amazed at his testimony and his faith while he was on trial. 
as he walked James to his execution, he was overcome by conviction, and he declared his faith in Jesus Christ. He then knelt down beside James, and he too was beheaded for his faith. Bartholomew, also called Nathaniel, he was literally flayed or skinned alive in Armenia for preaching the gospel. Andrew, Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross in Greece after being whipped within an inch of his life. He was tied to the cross in order to prolong his death. And while being led to the cross, Andrew saluted it with these words. He said, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. The cross has been consecrated by the body of Jesus hanging upon it. Andrew preached to his tormentors for two days before he died. Thomas, doubting Thomas, once a doubter was speared to death in India, trying to establish a church there. Jude, the half-brother of Christ, shot and killed with arrows after refusing to deny his faith in Jesus. Matthias. Matthias was the apostle chosen to replace Judas. Matthias was stoned and then beheaded for his faith. Barnabas, man with only positive things in the Bible. Not one negative thing said about Barnabas in all the word of God. Great testimony. Barnabas was stoned to death for his faith. And we're all familiar with the Apostle Paul, what he had to endure. He was shipwrecked, snake bitten, tortured, and finally beheaded in Rome by the evil Emperor Nero. What about Peter? Rough and gruff Peter. The one who told Christ, he says, I won't deny you even if I have to face death. And the flesh was weak. But that was before the cross. That was before the empty tomb. Peter was crucified on a cross upside down. He told his tormentors to do it that way. He said, because I'm unworthy to die in the same way that my Savior died. Transformed men. What a difference the cross and the empty tomb makes in one's life. 
And that's the question we all have to answer. What does the cross mean to us? Which side of that cross are we on? Has it transformed us the way that it transformed these disciples? The power of the cross. It transforms us from mourners at the tomb of the wonderful he was to proclaimers of the wonderful risen I am.